Welcome to the Save Our Venues podcast. I will be chatting to people working in venues across the country to get an insight into the current situation and ways we can help them. Back in August, I spoke with Johnny, who runs the Green Rooms in Wales. My name's John Foxall, or Johnny Foxall, as most people know me by. I'm the managing director, owner of the Green Rooms in Treforest. Uh, we're based in the Treforest Industrial Estate. Really odd place to describe if you don't in the Industrial Estate, mm-hmm. but um, Nantgar- between Nantgar and Ridvelin. The venue's been there now for 11 years now. Um, I took over back in tail end of July 2018, and I've been running, I've been basically trying to build a venue back up as a live music venue, as well as a rehearsal space. Well, it's a rehearsal space first, business wise, but yeah. the, it's always had the option of having a live music venue there as well. So that's kind of that side I've been pushing. It's a unique kind of venue, like, because obviously you've got the rehearsal spaces out back, but then we've always kind of tried to make new artists or new bands or newly formed bands and everything to go from. You know those rehearsal rooms to our stage, kind of like a little stepping stone before they go off, like you know, to gear there and uh, yeah. wherever they need to go. So yeah, um, yeah that's just pretty much in a nutshell. That is a really good thing, really, because it is nerve wracking booking your first gig, and it's probably a familiar space to the bands that rehearse there as well. So it's almost like a practice, but we're just people watching. Exactly. I mean, we've had certain bands, Raiders. Um, they were they were obviously practicing with us um, originally, and I kind of poked them like but I was kind of like do you want to do like a secret kind of show or like an opening kind of quick set kind of thing like that you know um, Raiders being like you know ex-members of the Blackout um, yeah. or Vampires and all that kind of stuff as well like so that was a pretty cool one to do like especially the amount of people that actually came to see those guys then as well um, and obviously now they're off with um, you know for a friend you yeah. know it is like that stepping stone like because they were practicing for quite a long time like like before I'd even taken over they were practicing there and hadn't planned to do a gig and it was kind of myself and Either Sean or um, Chris, uh, we were speaking and stuff. I just was like, "Well, do you want to do a couple of things on this show I got coming up?" And we're just like, um, "Yeah, okay, fair enough." <laughs> um, you know, that's that's just one example. Like, I mean, there's tons of younger bands and everything there as well. Like, I don't like saying school age and everything like, but um, you know, yeah. but from a younger kind of like younger kind of thing. And obviously, those are you know the people that you want to be supporting and stuff like that because you know, I mean, I started when I was about 13, 14. Yeah. Something like that. I think I, I put on my first gig when I was fifteen. I shouldn't have even been in the public, but you know. <laughs> um, Whereabouts was that? Where did you put your first gig on? Oh God, that was. Um, that was in Tom Penter. I don't know if it should, but um, do they know? I'm not sure. But either way, um, yeah, it was a, it was a place called the Mandy Con um, back then. I mean, there was a lot of us younger ones. We say like going to certain venues and so like what we thought was like, oh my god, these are amazing gigs. Like, but you know, they're in places like rugby clubs and uh, commercial clubs and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, to us, like that was just kind of like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, and and that's kind of why I still do it now. Like, I mean, I was, that was like when I was about 14, so 20 years later, stuff, 33 now, like, and I still want to give that opportunity to not just bands or artists, but, but, but people who just want to go check out bands and stuff as well, especially when, you know, they're, they're friends' bands or they mates' bands. It kind of magnetizes all together, I guess, is probably the sort of way to kind of explain it and everything. Like, it's like if, you, if your friends' bands go in, you know, your mates will come along and they'll bring more and more. And that's basic growth that you kind of go for, like being in a band yourself. Like, and obviously, it's great for us now as well because obviously the more people there the more we can put back into the venue and bigger bands we can get in and uh, basically building everyone up I guess it's where a lot of bands start off because you can just share your music with all your mates yeah. and like house parties and stuff like that at that age and yeah oh god I remember doing house party gigs and stuff like that, that was yeah 
mental yeah. stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it does. As you say, like when when you are around that age, like it is, there is that more kind of like, oh, my mates played in that rock band sort of stuff. Oh, let's go have a look. And to be cruel, obviously they either go because you're mates or they go in there to watch you fail. I remember we did a show uh, many years ago in the Pop Factory, um, which used to be like quite a big venue down in the valleys in South Wales, place where like a Valentine, um, The Darkness, that kind of bands and everything went through at certain points of their career and everything. Yeah, I remember doing a show there one night, and we had uh, this lineup, which was pretty much just death metal and stuff, right? And uh, the venue was about 300 capacity, and there was like people there who turned up to see the bands, like the young kids and stuff, like who come to see these bands and their friends play and everything like that. And we were allowed to do younger kind of age and stuff. Just the amount of kids that turned up in proper like chavy kind of shirts and, and stuff, and then you know just have like these guys on stage like, and just like. <laughs> Okay, yeah. fair enough. Like, but, you know, they, everybody kind of got into it then as well. Like, so, it's, yeah, well, you know, it's not exclusive for everyone. Like, anybody can come and... That's it. As long as you're not a dick, like... Yeah, well, right. When, when you get in and go to a gig and maybe you're not... You don't know the band or you're not really into them. You see people that are into it and you kind of feed off their kind of... Yeah, the energies and stuff. But yeah, definitely, definitely. A couple of bands that are current and everything as well now. Like, um, you've got bands like Holding Absence, Night Lives and so on. I mean, they're all for shows. What I, was that? the green rooms you know back all those years ago because that was pretty much their home kind of grown venue and stuff tons of bands like over the years and stuff they have come from that original band fallen with style you know that was one of the big shows at the time that they put on like i can't say i won't say officially how many people were there because we're only a hundred capacity venue but at the time there was people queued up outside the door trying to get in and yeah the only bands come close to knuckle dust and stuff when we had them down from london many years ago like the big hardcore scene was booming but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of young bands came from us and we try and keep nurturing them. Um, yeah. They go on then as well, no matter what genre they are. Would you say the music scene around you is kind of hardcore? What music styles have you got going on down there? There's a healthy metal scene down here. Um, yeah. I can tell you that hand on heart. Um, going back a couple of years ago, like there was a lot of jealousy bit and that's stuff going towards bands and certain things. Like you don't seem to see it so much these days, which is great. It just means everyone can get on and just go play shows and just try and share as much as you can. The indie scenes as well, like and the acoustic scene as well. Again, this is probably because I get shuffled in with that metal kind of side a lot. The amount of artists and stuff acoustic that I've had uh, come do shows at Green Rooms, and I've just been blown away by them. Like and but another show, I mean, like Laura Power, um, Byron Sears, and Christian Panther. Um, yeah. Those are like three artists. Now I think Christian's doing some stuff with um, BBC. I think Laura will be soon or has done soon. And yeah, those three artists, like when, when I've seen them play and then I've gone to other venues and stuff um, yeah. and seen them perform again. Like, I'm just like, okay, it wasn't just a fluke show. They're brilliant. With, with acoustic acts, your songwriting shows through, doesn't it? It's nice to, nice to hear that there's people coming through like that. I think I said to Byron, I, I can't I really hope I'm saying her name right. But I'll say Miss Sirs. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when she came off stage, right, as I was, I was watching, she got a really really pretty voice and stuff but a guitar playing as well whilst doing that i mean i with my with my own band like i do i shout at a microphone and yeah. try and play guitar at the same time like i haven't been doing vocals as long as i was doing guitar like so to do the pairing together like i'm a bit like thing, um, but then to see um playing like she does and singing as she does like i just literally just there like well i'm never gonna bother playing guitar ever again i'm never gonna be that. <laughs> <laughs> it's we need the shouty cool. music and we need the beautiful music that's what music is isn't it it's like two different extremes so you're saying about the floods when did they happen so we got flooded with Storm Dennis back on February 16th. It was a great day, that was. Now, we had um, <laughs> the thing that always kind of stuck with me. <laughs> was, uh, 
I'm laughing about it now. Like I was absolutely distraught and everything. Like I used to live quite close to the area and stuff like that. Where so um, I've had some stuff happen where I now live further away. So up here, it's like a different ecosystem stuff to what it is like down the road and everything. I'm only about 40 minutes away, but I'm so high up in the hills. Like down there, I, it's on a floodplain. So I'm getting messages like at about uh, nine o'clock in the morning. I'm just like, why are people messaging me so early? Like this isn't normal. Usually people like don't message us till like about 12 o'clock in the afternoon because musician. <laughs> it's one of the messages where, oh, are you guys going to be open today? I'm just there like, yeah, why? Why am I not going to be open? And it's like, oh, because it's flooding really bad, don't you? I like, oh, is it? Oh, I suppose I'll go down and check and have a look like and have <laughs> some driving down, like, you know, just see like the water going high and just people running around panicking, just they're like, oh, something's not right and everything. And um, basically Green was over a small little bridge and everything for it, like on the industrial estate. Um, the bridge was all closed off and the water levels were pretty close to the bridge and stuff so we had to park up on the other side on uh, the pub that was there the upper boat pub that was absolutely decimated i did start live streaming just wading through this water you know this i got to the front door and literally opened it up to see everything just kind of like it, it kind of like swells to the middle of the room and everything like amps chairs um tables everything pretty much all all the gear like that did have a, a two-stack PA system like so we got the base pins on bottom and a newer rack strap you know they're they're a two-man lift like and quite strong for me to do that and just one of them was literally just face down in the floor and everything for i'm just there like oh, wow. the water levels and stuff we we're slightly higher at the back there and then we raised up a little bit off the floor and the water level got three and four foot in the venue next but one to us is a brewery who obviously we're affected as well but he's got his cctv set set up like to his phone like so obviously he was, right. he was literally watching it from home like just watching the water when he showed me the, the footage and everything you just see just how quickly it comes in oh really swirls around and then just flushes out like and it was just like with him like that's a lot heavy heavier stuff than what we have as well like all the beer making equipment kegs and so on and so forth just seeing you know, it just be picked up like nothing and just so the footage is around like if you want to go see it um i think yeah. it's uh at the lol brewery i kind of end with a funny start in that like on, on that kind of story like we <laughs> just sat there like amidst of all this devastation and stuff like just everything's down it's like ah oh, you can't do anything now just about four o'clock <laughs> phone yeah. calls like oh yeah mate are you open yet it's like did you not see the live video that was just posted? Like the whole place is absolutely flooded. Oh well, I'm still outside now, and it's, it seems fine. I was there, like, oh my god, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty thick-skinned and everything. Like, but I was just there, like, oh mate, just go away. <laughs> just, I did have a look at the camera, like, and he just literally just pulls up, like, with a guitar. It was literally a flooded like Volkswagen park. Musicians, I'd say. <laughs> you've yeah, you've got, he's got a practice. You know what I mean, yeah, definitely. <laughs> How has it how's it been? So you've had the flood and then lockdown happened. It's unlucky in a sense of we were partway through repairs and everything for it. Um the amount of damage we did and I will just say that our insurance just refused to help us full stop, wow. like they said, because it was flood damage. It was uh they couldn't do it even though everywhere else was arguing that it was storm damage. Um the official word that came back to us was um because it was rising water from a non damaged pipe that um, they wouldn't do it. And so this is why we had to start doing like the crowd funders and um, this fun raising kind of shows now for yeah. it. So we were making headway on repairs and getting it back up. I mean, we were repainting and we discovered that we had to take floors up as well. So we did that. So we took floors up and then we started doing the repainters, everything because we were planning just like, Joe, just to get us back open again for now, leave the floor, floor bare. But um, it was just a case then of just like, no, we just need to get back open now as quick as possible. And then obviously rolls around to March 23rd, 26th, whatever it was, like where the lockdown came in. And it was just like, so we can't do any work now either. 
But I think from there, we did have a skeleton team. And I say skeleton, I mean literally myself, Scott, who was, was the organizer of Fight Like the Hab, and basically he was, he's my barman and the guy I kind of caught us, Scott, I need help. Can you do yeah. something? So, yeah. He helps me out. Like um, also my bassist. So he's covering all bases then. Um, <laughs> close friend of mine and stuff, just three of us really do bad. But then as soon as lockdown came and, you know, nobody was allowed to leave the house, like the whole place locked up. The first day I went back down there, just the amount of mold and everything that grown on everything after we just cleaned it, like the moisture is still there. So, yeah, that's why a lot of the stuff was now <laughs> unusable. Unusable, that's the yeah, word. Yeah. Unusable than it was originally when it did get flooded. So um, it was definitely a double whammy personal front. It's helped me a little bit because I've been able to reevaluate like a lot of the important stuff that's going on and everything. Like, again, it's it's that point now where it's like, I do want to get back. And for us, live shows probably wouldn't be a, a go-to straight away. I mean, October is what, the latest we've been told from the government, but that changes pretty much day to day and stuff at the moment. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of plus and negatives for um, yeah. for us yeah. agreements, like because we are an industrial state. Yeah, we don't have to deal with um, residential laws and everything that venues that are in the city centre or anything would have to do with. So for rehearsals and shows, that's great on that yeah. on that on that kind of front stuff for them. Downside is because we are an industrial state, we don't have much natural kind of football like so you know people don't just have to be wandering past like and stopping for a pint or whatever and stuff, yeah. like. so it is like a constant thing like to promote to say that there's something going on which when you try and do that pretty much every kind of day it's uh it's a bit of a drag with the kind of like the covid regulations that they've had going on as well like they seem to be more suited to bigger chains and stuff like that not to rattle anybody's cake and stuff like and even more so for venues with two doors it's like we've got the one main door to come in like but if yeah. you listen to the regulation to a T and stuff you need to have like a door in and a separate door out everything for it like and they both need to be securities and it's not something we can do as long as social distancing and you know everybody's protected as best they can and stuff like that's that's the main thing for it like i mean yeah it's, it's a trick you want to do like but for us we'd probably look at opening up the rehearsal kind of side of things first like even use our main hall as like a, as a as a fifth rehearsal space then as well yeah, that's a good shout, yeah. Um, but then as far as putting the events and stuff on like i'm in the same boat as everyone else but um because i feel like nobody's been putting it before because we're 100 capacity if you follow the two meters social distancing we're allowed 10 people in the venue so that includes me <laughs> yeah. um so you know there's nine people so even if you put on an acoustic artist right so you have myself an acoustic artist which can't sing because they're not allowed to sing mm-hmm. uh <laughs> instrumental acoustic artist um, but then you also need uh, separate bar staff uh, for cleaning and everything. You need security to make sure people are using the doors and they're washing their hands and stuff as they're coming in. You're already up to like, you know, five people before you even get like any customers coming in and stuff like yeah. that. And, uh, it's, it's mad. It, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, one metre distance, it makes it a little bit better, but then you talk 30 people, mm. which, you know, it's, don't go wrong, it's not. Not ideal, but it's not the worst case scenario and stuff like that. Like, I mean, as as many people attest, some nights you do get absolutely dead nights. Like, and if thirty people come in, thirty people come in. You know, that's uh, yeah. you know everybody's drinking like having x amount each and stuff. Like, yeah. but then you're stuck thirty. Whereas if you know it's a normal night, you could be expecting anything up to a hundred and stuff like that because obviously that's what our capacity would be like. So we, you know, we're losing seventy percent of our uh, potential kind of income and stuff. And as well, which you know, when you're trying to keep a place running and stuff, unfortunately, music venues aren't cheap the run so <laughs> um, it is more one-man show of just myself kind of running thing like it's it, 
it does burn you and stuff like that. Like so, the lockdown kind of side of it, it's it's okay because it's kind of like it's kind of like controls in a sort of way. Like so, like I've got a little bit of time to kind of like think about what's going to happen when we reopen. I was looking to see like if any bands were interested in doing uh, a live kind of quarantine set sort of thing or lockdown yeah. set. Or but obviously, as a band, it's a bit tricky to do. Like it's only only if you've got certain spaces that you can actually really do it. And obviously, I just wanted to give my space uh, for, for bands, sorry, to do that as well. Like, like if you're a full black death metal band or whatever and stuff, like, and, you know, you sit down with acoustic, like, your fans are going to look at you just like, yeah. A lot of work from the music venue trust, which is what we've been working closely with, try and get some of this funding and stuff done and everything for it. And to be fair to them, they have been a great help with us. We have had a few issues with certain parties and everything, which Clara, I think it was, I spoke to as well, and Sam from the pub, who's another venue down in Newport, they literally helped us out with that. And we've won case that we've got there, which, like I said, it's, um, it's long and boring, but pretty much like every small business was meant to have a year's relief, like of uh, business rates and everything for it. Oh, yeah. For the COVID thing. Um, apart from us, apparently. So they tried charging us uh, £6,500, um, even though we've been closed since February um, and not been able to operate officially since March. And they were still trying to get us to <laughs> you know, pay all this, um, even though we've been told that we are a small business. We definitely don't take over £500,000 a year. If I did, I, I wouldn't care so much. I'd be quite happily just sitting around. I was like, yeah, well, I'll open back up for five hundred grand a year. Yeah, crack yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, so that's that was... Another thing that was worrying me, because obviously we planned for, you know, the budget and stuff like for uh, our costs and everything like for reopening and, and carry on, because we do still have to pay like, you know, water rates and all that kind of stuff, like whilst we're closed and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when then that bill kind of came as well, I was just like, oh, great, that's knackered everything up completely now and stuff. That's, that's like an expense show that it wasn't expected of us to pay it and stuff, and they were yeah. expecting us to pay it. And then when we're trying to get in contact, they're saying it's not an urgent matter, but it is an urgent matter when you've got six and a half grand, like being by the council yeah. yeah so again I, I just give massive thanks to sam from the pub and to clara from uh, the music venue trust helped out that jam then as well and yeah. the, the amount of work they've been doing like i mean obviously you see a lot of the work they're doing for um england is uh, is great stuff like obviously will bales and scotland where it does seem like a completely divided kind of um, thing but they've worked their tails off and stuff like to you know try and keep us all kind of going like and, yeah. uh, no it's it's been a lot it's been a massive help like just to have someone there to have you know speak on our behalf and stuff no it's really good that that i think is a really amazing thing that they're doing and it's needed as well because the government aren't doing anything are they so yeah i mean we could go into a lot of depth and stuff like with everyone's feelings on the government and stuff like with funding and everything like but um yeah probably best for another probably the most important question is like how can people support the venue and how can people support you when we're open, come to the venue. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, whilst we're kind of, because we're not able to operate, then it's probably the best kind of thing. We are still running uh, Save Our Venues campaign, which if I remember, I should have got the link up before I started, but um, whilst I'll wait for that load. That's right. I'll, uh, I'll link it in the, the bio that I'll, I'll do. Okay. Crowdfunder forward slash Green Rooms Wales. And then to help us more directly and everything as well, we are selling our own merch and stuff now. We support us at um, www.greenroomswales.co.uk. That's also where we'll be doing a lot of our booking going forward as well. And then, more importantly, just take a picture of yourself with a T-shirt because I'm a creep and I like to look at people wearing my T-shirts and stuff. <laughs> and tag you in it. <laughs> and ta- yeah, well, yeah, yeah, tag us in as well. That, that'll do as well. <laughs> 
there are a couple of other fundraising stuff that are going on as well. Like you find stuff going on if you follow us on Instagram, Green Rooms Wales, Facebook, Green Rooms Wales, and then Twitter, The Green Rooms. That's perfect. Thank you very much for chatting to me. Not a problem, man. Nice to speak to you.